Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. It's winning time on I Want Your Flex. Find Mike Harmon on Twitter. At Swollen Dome, you can't find him right now because he's actually not with us on this podcast. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. But joining me today is our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger. You can find on Twitter, at Ryan Bershinger, the guy who streams defenses like no other. And uh, some success for you in Week 16, uh, heading to championship games, I believe. Yes, yes, heading to two championship games. So uh, I'm very happy to join this podcast today. I'm in a wonderful mood because of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is the perfect time for me to join because I now have a resume. To uh, <laughs> I, I, I I hate everybody who advances to title games because it's not only you. It's uh, John Ramos. It's Jason Stewart, who I work with on the Doug Gottlieb <laughs> show. They're all in their title games as well. Yeah. And I'm the moron who does a podcast that can't make it past round one. So I don't even have a meaningful <laughs> game in week 16, let alone advance to week 17. Mike is on vacation in New York City with his two girls. However, uh, aside from taking his daughters around Manhattan and seeing all the shows on Broadway that they can, he did take time out to talk about some of the performances that we saw in Week 16 and also look ahead to guys that you want to pick up in Week 17. So periodically through today's episode, you will hear from Mike Harmon, even though he isn't with us right now as we record this podcast. One other point to pass along, just want to let you know, we are recording this prior to Dolphins Saints on Monday Night Football. So if anything crazy happens in those games, you obviously won't get the information in this podcast. However, you will get one in the podcast that we do later in the week to get you set for Week 17. But Week 16 was a doozy. And, Ryan, the thing that stands out to me is there are it is playoff time, whether you have a two-week playoff or a three-week playoff. We don't suggest that you have title games in Week 18, so we're smack dab in the middle of it. And if you had Jonathan Taylor, if you had Tyreek Hill, if you had George Kittle, all great plays, all guys who likely pushed you to the playoffs, you were likely disappointed in Week 16 because some of the big game, big names not having big games this past weekend. A lot, of, a lot of those names, in my mind, kind of disappointing, especially if you needed them come playoff time. Yeah, it was a really interesting week, especially for sem- semifinal finals in fantasy because you look at some of the biggest performances were guys you probably streamed you could have maybe picked up justin jackson prior to this weekend rex burkhead isaiah mckenzie was definitely available coming into to to sunday so uh really interesting to see that you had these major performances from guys and and as you've talked about on this podcast before dan coming into the playoffs especially this season it's super important to get backup running backs to, to handcuff starters because with the way that covid is ravaging the nfl with the way that guys are going down with injuries like crazy you've got to be able to plug in these guys and play them and we saw a couple of them go off for huge performances after that mike's gonna dive into the quarterbacks and running backs of of the what we saw in week 16 
But with that Chargers scenario, that was one that stood out to me because not only were the Chargers without Austin Eckler, they were without Mike Williams that we found out he wasn't going to be able to play in that game. So now you're thinking to yourself, wait a second here. We got the Houston freaking Texans. And Keenan Allen is going to be the guy. And if you were to say that the Houston Texans were going to put up 41 on the Chargers, you would have thought Keenan Allen would have had 17 catches for 180 yards. He would have had a T. Higgins sort of game. And he didn't. Four catches, 35 yards. If you had James Robinson thinking to yourself, the Urban Meyer revenge tour will continue going up against the Jets. The Jets were hurt with COVID issues. He goes in and ends up rupturing his Achilles and is done for the season. Like That's the heartbreak that you get in Week 16. And those are scenarios, specifically the Robinson one, that you just you can't do anything about. You, you sit there and salivate the entire week to have these matchups, and then all of a sudden they don't come to fruition. If you were to say the Chiefs were going to put up 38 points on the Pittsburgh Steelers, you would think, without Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill must have been the guy. And then he ends up having just two catches. Yeah, that's the kind of, the kind of week it was in Week 16. Absolute yeah. mess. Yeah, just a, a, an insane week overall, and especially I, I this might be preaching to the choir at this point because if you're in, if you're still in your league at this point, you probably know this. You've got to be watching up until game time what's going to happen with your players. I mentioned Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Gabriel Davis was a late scratch at the last minute. And he's a guy who put up solid numbers the past couple weeks for the Bills because of their passing attack uh, exploding in the way that it has. So he could have been a late uh, a late addition if you needed to to throw in somebody at the last minute. You also need to watch your own guys. One of the teams that I'm playing, they started DeAndre Swift because uh, they didn't have Austin Eckler. So they plugged in DeAndre Swift. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a hint. Uh, they How do they make the playoffs snaps. is my question. Exactly. That's, that's, and I'm sitting here not with a care in the world in a fantasy matchup in week 16, and some guy who's playing DeAndre Swift gets to play. Uh, <laughs> that means life is unfair. All right, Mike Harmon is in the Big Apple. Uh, he recorded this for us, so I'm not even going to make this perfect transition. I could have said, and now let's head over to our satellite studios of I Want Your Flex in the heart of Manhattan. Here is one Mike Harmon. I could have done that instead. We'll just see what Dome sent along. Mike Harmon looking back on the quarterback and running back scenarios in Week 16. Hey, guys, with these sounds of sirens in New York City, that's right, sirens everywhere. It's a very good symphony going on outside the hotel window. Uh, First off, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody still listening, still playing, still active, still frustrated and vexed by what's going on in the National Football League. Dan, Ryan, as you guys are going through the games and and watched, and Dan, I'm sorry about the Bears. Uh, I guess they had to win one of those. Anyway, uh, we'll leave that for another time. Just another crazy week of NFL action, just right up until the final minutes, figuring out who's in, who's out. Some of the craziness that we saw, ridiculous efforts from Allen and Burrow. Joe Burrow just against Baltimore, absolutely devastating once again. And who would have thunk it? I was right with uh, Tyler Huntley thinking, all right, he's got a nice opportunity to score some points this week. Do I get credit for Josh Johnson in that last minute switch out with his 304, two and one line? Ah, we'll take it uh, as it went. Uh, you, you look at some of the other performances for the week, uh, some good, some bad, some ugly. You had Jalen Hurts even in a laugher uh, for fantasy purposes, not the big 
production that you'd hoped and had mine just under 200 passing yards, uh, two touchdowns on the day. You look at uh, Tom Brady, uh, they put up 32 points. He was the top five play for me this week, failed. Uh, Justin Herbert, they get trounced by Houston, uh, one of the most confusing games of the day. Uh, as he goes for 336, but only one touchdown, two interceptions. And one of those few times when we talk about strange bedfellows, thinking you might get a little bit from a Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger, just throw back the, the clock kind of situation uh, in both of them. Even though Ryan got the victory, uh, he didn't give you much fantasy-wise. And then you look at Ben Roethlisberger, even in a blowout situation, just absolutely devastating. We were right on board with Justin Jackson coming in big. Joe Mixon I was nervous about uh, because of the injury issue, but 135 total yards and the touch and two touchdowns uh, makes it a huge day. Ronald Jones gives you a back-end uh, RB1 effort. Uh, then you've got Alexander Madison. I mean, you've got some, some guys that, you know, we put uh, – some pins in thinking all right here's an opportunity and a big time play and of course the injury bug plays once again but uh congratulations if you started damian harris because uh, you got your big big reward this week i did tell a guy to play damian harris in fact i texted him on i believe it was christmas eve that uh we found out Ramondre stevenson was a no-go and i had been giving the guy advice throughout the week and I said, you got to get Harris in your lineup. And this was after he and I were having a Jeff Wilson Jr., Dante Foreman back and forth for the Thursday night game, which Wilson got the edge, thank goodness. I was able to get that one right. But, yeah, even in the scenario with the with the uh, the Bills running away with it, Damian Harris uh, was able to cash in. What are the odds that Harmon did that in the bathroom of the hotel? <laughs> I think I'd need to bet a million dollars to win a dollar because that is exactly what happened. The girls are like, you know what, Dad? We're a little pooped out. We're going to just kind of relax on the beds here. We're going to just crash here. You go do your fantasy stuff somewhere else. So he had either three options. He could have done it on the streets of Manhattan. And that's not going to work audio-wise. If he did it in the closet, there's no room. So the only place that he could really do it is in the bathroom, and that's where I'm pretty sure Harmon did that breakdown. I hope for his sake they got, like, a whirlpool tub in there for him. <laughs> he could kind of sit in there. He doesn't even have the water I don't on know yet. where he's staying, but if it's in Manhattan, I think the, the whirlpool tub would probably take up about half of it. But, you know, the, the first time I went to New York – I, I went to work, and true story, and, and I, I truly believe this. I, I do believe that New York City is one of those cities that truly has an energy that is not matched by any other city. I've been fortunate enough in, in my travels, at least around the U.S., to pretty much go to any major city that is there is. Sands, Kansas City. I've never been to Kansas City, and I've never been to Charlotte is another one, and Memphis. Those are the ones that I feel like I kind of have to get off of my list to to really – but other, I feel like I've been to most of them. New York City has this energy, but the first time I was there, I, we got booked in a room in Times Square. This was uh, early December, and I got a room, Bursch, that – was a corner room that looked out basically at the ball of like the 41st floor of of this double tree but you saw where the ball would count down for the uh, for new year's yes i know that double but tree. it was a smoking room oh 
So, so what do you do? I don't smoke. It smells like a Marlboro ashtray. <laughs> But you have this amazing view. Do you go down and say, I'd like a non-smoking room and risk the view? Or And this is, again, 15 years ago. I'm sure all the rooms now are probably not smoking. But that was a smoking room. What would you have done in that scenario? Oh, geez. I mean, I guess it depends on how the weather is. If it's if it's perfectly clear, oh, damn. This is tougher than <laughs> Jeff Wilson or Dante exactly. Foreman, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I would keep it and just, just take that or, you know, take some pictures of the view. And then switch it out. <laughs> I stayed. Oh, I stayed. And I was happy I stayed good. because there were there were nights of just sitting there overlooking Manhattan and, and New York as well. Like if you've been to Times Square once, you don't need to go again. Like it's right. actually the last place that you probably want to be. But that was my first time and I felt like, man, this is amazing. And so that's what happened in New York. But that's uh that's where my Carmen is. Uh by the way, <laughs> speaking of New York, I just hope you didn't play any Giants in week sixteen. If you had Giants on your team, there's no reason that you should be in the playoffs. Uh, the, there is there is no – for some reason, I still maybe believe that Saquon Barkley could do something. He had 32 yards against the Eagles. Uh, that was an interesting uh, week 16. But uh, let's uh, let's dive into the running backs and the – the, uh, excuse me, the wide receivers after Mike just talked about some quarterbacks and some running backs. T. Higgins – on Sunday was amazing, and we know that. But T. Higgins has actually been really good over the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And now you're on a Cincinnati Bengals team where you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 17. Uh, there's there's obviously no reason that you would, you would bench him uh, in this scenario. You wouldn't bench... Jamar Chase either, who had a buck twenty-five in the in the game against Baltimore on Sunday, but it is interesting to see the success of of it wasn't Jamar Chase, it wasn't Tyree Kill, instead it was T Higgins and guys like Byron Pringle coming uh, up big for you in Week 16. I hope nobody played Byron Pringle. If you did, uh, you're the best fantasy player ever. <laughs> but but the, but the big names that you had kind of had hoped for to step up also didn't necessarily. Um, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen were names that I mentioned, but they just necessarily weren't there for you in Week 16. My biggest takeaway at wide receiver from Week 16 is, as an A.J. Brown owner, I can breathe a sigh of relief. The fact that he not only got uh, great numbers in the Thursday night game, he had 55% of the target share in that game. Something 70, 73% of the wide receiver target share. That entire offense was just working through AJ Brown. And it's great to know that my investment in him this entire season is paying off at the right time because I just lost Chris Godwin and I was debating on whether or not how I felt putting AJ Brown into the lineup because obviously the guy has the talent, but he's had so many duds this season and he's had, he's battled his injury issue quite, uh, quite a few times. So to see him perform at the level that he did and to see how invested the Titans were in getting him the ball, I feel great about playing A.J. Brown next week. There's a name that we've been talking about a lot on this podcast. I have a feeling that Mike Harmon may bring him up. If he doesn't, I will do it on the other side of Mike Harmon live from a bathroom in Manhattan here on I Want Your Flex. 
Hey, guys, and then you go to the wide receiver position. I mean, Devontae Adams makes his way there, right? His 10 catches, 114-2, and two in the big win over Cleveland. That's great. A.J. Brown, we talked about, made his triumphant return Thursday night, 11, 145, and a touchdown. Great. But then joining him in the top five, if you had T. Higgins and Byron Pringle, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, players of that ilk, uh, you're kidding yourself. Uh, but massive games all around, another big effort from Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Debo Samuel going back to Thursday, giving you a little bit of love. Uh, didn't find the end zone, but Jamar Chase got back in the good graces after a no-show in Week 15. So if you were still lucky to be alive after that effort, then perhaps you still found some, some glory in that double-digit catch count. You know, in terms of guys who let you down, Michael Gallup, they scored 56 points. He's only got a couple catches, 53 yards, not exactly lighting it up. C.D. Lamb was on my list of cold sores. I, again, I with 56 points, you figure everybody plays, everybody wins. Unfortunately, if Lamb was in your lineup, yeah, you did all right. You got the double digits in a PPR league, uh, but with the big goose egg continuing in the touchdown department, sadness uh, ensues. And then you have the late addition again not to belabor the point with Chicago but Darnell Mooney against Seattle five catches great five for five 57 yards though that's not getting it done and disappointment when you're looking at Adam Thielen going out with the injury again uh, you had Marquise Brown, which is five for 44, uh, and some of the other, Keenan Allen just four catches for 35, 35 yards um, yeah just uh, a, a brutal brutal uh, run all around so some opportunities for you but certainly strange bedfellows coming in big in week 16. Amadra St. Brown was the name I was going to mention uh, that I figured that Mike Harmon would mention as well of him coming through in the clutch if you were to uh, rely on the wide receivers. The great thing about this is is again we're talking about Amadra St. Brown we're talking about T Higgins we're talking about Sony Michelle right now who by the way as the taping of this podcast, Daryl Henderson is going to be out a while, according to Sean McVay, because of an MCL injury. Sonny Michelle had the entire workload anyway against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, there is a, a, a play. It's just the point of these names that weren't in the first two rounds of your draft that are now paying off. Uh, come playoff time. And I think that's what we need to realize when it comes to fantasy football, Ryan, is that draft picks are there to help you make the playoffs. There's a whole other game to decide how you're going to be successful in the playoffs. And I actually think that this has changed because one of my strategies, especially in the league that I would have with my buddies for the last 24 years, is that if there was any tiebreaker on draft day, I would look at week 15 and week 16 to be like, who do these teams play? Now to be able to guess a defense, guess if that defense is going to be legit, and if that player is going to be healthy, now in a COVID situation, like that thinking is so archaic and just not relevant to what we have right now, especially with how teams use running backs. I think that we saw it last year with how the Colts use Jonathan Taylor, and maybe even how the Colts use Jonathan Taylor at some point this year, but now what Sean McVay does with his running game, how he used Cam Akers last year, how he's using him uh, this year uh, with Sony Michelle now kind of being in that role, how they're using the running backs. The names that we are talking about having great matchups and great performances 
aren't the guys that we were drafting usually in round one of our fantasy draft. And I think that's changed over the fantasy game. I think so, too. And I think it's it's a very interesting exercise that anybody should do right now and during this point in your fantasy season is look at the teams that are going into the championship week and look at what their drafts were like mm-hmm. I, in in one of my leagues where I'm going into the championship game. My first two picks were Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Zeke's been fine. He's been steady, but not explosive. Yeah. And Clyde's been battling injuries. Uh, just lost him again. So, uh, and and even when he has played, he's really been like borderline RB two when he does play. So, and, and looking at the, like the teams that I'm potentially going to match up against, one of them, uh, their running backs are Melvin Gordon and Josh Jacobs. The other team, Javante Williams and Ronald Jones. And and those are guys obviously mm-hmm. they either drafted late or picked up at some point. So it really is interesting to see just how much uh, your your draft is all about building a foundation, but it's what you do during the season that matters and it's how you get to where you need to be in the end. Yeah, and I, and I think that when you look at the guys that you are trying to pick up, it's why I didn't put a lot of stock in waiver wire. I always put more stock in the drafting, but I think now in today's NFL, it's completely the other way around. Maybe get guys that you can draft that you don't. Um, I don't want to say get wide receivers, but – Maybe look for those unicorns. I, I would even want to say at the tight end position, but Travis Kelsey didn't play. However, he had a huge monster game when he needed it most that maybe if you are a top tight end, you're always going to be a top tight end. But even like at the running back position, when you look at the guys who, who went who went early, McCaffrey, Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, you know, the guys aren't available. And only one of those four are playing in, in or played in week sixteen. It's just a total uh, different setup. All right, so we kind of we we kind of try to transition here from week sixteen to week seventeen, but also do it by looking back at some performances from week sixteen to week seventeen and get some waiver wire pickups. If you're in the championship game and your league allows pickups, these are names that you may want to target and you may want to get into your lineup for the reasons that we were just talking about. Again, live from a downtown bathroom at a hotel in Manhattan, here's Mike Carmen once again. Time for the big waiver wire pickups for week 17. Yeah, championship weeks. And once again, we're scrambling, trying to find some love. James Robinson, who's my number two running back on the board last week. You know, Jonathan Taylor is just etched in stone atop the heap. Uh, You're looking at just a mess. He goes out with an injury, so people left scrambling. Actually saw uh, in the fantasy community at large, fellas, uh, folks getting mad at people for putting James Robinson so highly. It's like, Yes, we predicted season-ending injuries for him. That said, said, uh, Dare Ogumbawale becomes the guy. 72 total yards uh, when you look at his effort in relief against the Jets. Opportunity knock, found the end zone once. Two catches, 15 yards, so a little bit of PPR love for you as well. You got Boston Scott back in full effect in Philadelphia, along with Jordan Howard. Why the workload split? Miles Sanders with the hand injury may not be able to go. Referenced him in the wide receiver push because maybe you got Adam Thielen back in. He was in. Red zone opportunist. Well, it didn't work. Uh, back out with the injuries. So KJ Osborne's on the radar once again. Uh, guy that still uh, was unowned in two thirds of leagues in the planet Houston David Johnson missed the game Dan you astutely mentioned what about Rex Burkhead well monster game for him good on you uh there's one to you know put a picture I'll send you some Rex Burkhead rookie cards uh to wallpaper your room but a guy available in about 80 percent of leagues had been picked up just before kickoff as things started to to push around in ahead of Sunday 
today's game, but just a fantastic performance, huge workload, and monster monster numbers on the back end uh and then you look at Derek Gore with Kansas City you know you're going deep at the running back position wide leaving no stone unturned we look at Marquise Valdez Scantling going up for the Green Bay Packers is potentially an option Joshua Palmer with the COVID issues facing the Chargers boy what an opportunity for them and once again Chargers gonna Charger uh and a guy we've talked about a couple of times here on the podcast Rashad Bateman found the end zone first time just curious uh, what the quarterbacking situation looks like for week 17 for your Baltimore Ravens good luck stay active at Swollen Dome on Twitter uh, for updates as the week progresses Lamar Jackson's ankle injury is obviously the bigger question um, when it when it comes to him returning in a in a what is going to end up being a must-win game I will say this Ronald Jones still can't catch, but the Buccaneers still will throw passes to him. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, is an option for you uh, for Week 17 as well, just out of that backfield. He ended up having a a big play. And now with the Mike Evans situation, as we mentioned, the Buccaneers could still be as shorthanded as they were against the Carolina Panthers would be another name uh, that I would add to the list. I don't think Mike said his name as I was jotting them down. A couple thoughts I have on the waiver wire coming into Week 17. For one, as we've mentioned a couple times, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, the Bills are going to still be without Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis next Sunday because they're both unvaccinated, so they'll still be in COVID protocol. So because of that, McKenzie is still is still a viable option. The same uh, logic goes for Joshua Palmer of the Chargers. And looking at their passing game, Mike Williams is still going to be out next Sunday. So uh, looking at the waiver wire as a whole, in terms of if you are playing in a championship game, even if your lineup is already set, you know exactly who's going to play right now. You need to make at least one move on the waiver wire going into championship week because you can use the waiver wire as much of a, uh, a defensive purpose as you can an offensive purpose. Look at your opponent's roster look at what they might be doing and make moves based on blocking them from doing things because you don't need any depth anymore on your team in terms of looking at weeks ahead you're looking at just this week that is a luxury you still have all those bench spots strictly not to I mean you want to handcuff guys in your roster but you also want to prevent your opponent from doing things I've done this last week I uh, I picked up Jeff Wilson because I had Elijah Mitchell and so I cuffed him but I'm expecting Elijah Mitchell to be back next week. And I've got I've got plenty of depth at running back as well. Even if he's not, it's fine. But what I did is I picked up Jeff Wilson. And because they were playing on Thursday night, the way that my lineup was constructed, I didn't need to start Jeff Wilson. So what I did is 20 minutes before the game, I dropped him. Because that way, my opponent's not getting him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to play him anyway. And I might need that bench spot to pick up somebody else at the last minute on Sunday. So there are ways in which you can use the waiver wire strategically to kind of keep your opponents from doing certain things. <laughs> I I, like this is the way. kindest way yes. of Bershinger saying, this is how you F over your opponents. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what you're doing in the kindest of ways. How can I screw them and be known as the dirty pool guy, the guy right. that, that did those things? But it's to your point, there are a lot of different ways that you can look at this week. We don't do a toilet bowl consolation bracket, mm-hmm. so it's just the two teams that are contained 
continuing to play. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the other teams in the league are also vying for players where you can actually do those targeted moves. Another scenario that I just kind of want to wrap up the, the podcast with is because I think what we saw in Week 16 – are scenarios that you have to be careful about for Week 17. Your point about handcuffing, I think, is very smart now, as we had heard the Carolina Panthers, other teams starting to work remotely. I think Green Bay may be working remotely, where the only time these guys get together are are on the practice field. So if there are positive tests, handcuffing from the same team now becomes an option, which is something that I didn't like to do. I didn't want to handcuff certain guys because if you're in that quarterback room or you're in that running back room, if there are a bunch of close contacts, your depth chart just goes out the window if you were handcuffing guys. I think that changes to your point where you can do backups, as you were mentioning, especially if teams are working remotely. But with the games that we saw this past weekend, specifically a game like the Eagles against the Giants, Dallas against Washington, Buccaneers against the Panthers, those look like really juicy matchups because of how bad those teams are. But those games got out of hand, and now all of a sudden your fantasy hopes of maybe getting a guy like Mike mentioned with C.D. Lamb, games over at halftime, what is C.D. Lamb, what is the value? So you take that option, and there are some San Francisco takes on Houston, as we mentioned. Maybe Houston's not the best example to use, but New England does face Jacksonville coming up in Week 17. There's, Do you want to play a matchup against or with two teams that have something to play for, Rams and Ravens? Do you risk going for a game that could be a possible blowout? And with that blowout, again, your guy could be the one that scores the three touchdowns in the first half but may not be available in the second half. I find those sort of juggling of, of trying to figure out very intriguing around the uh, around this time because you look at the Bills game, as you said, even though Buffalo was shorthanded, you play a game where – New England only played or threw three passes in their first meeting because of the conditions, but here they end up going to put 33 points on the board. Damian Harris gets in the end zone three times for New England. It's a competitive game. It's a must-win game. Your guys may be used more. Don't don't be fooled by all of the easy matchups, I guess, is 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 a is a short way of saying it in the long run, is because there are opportunities in these big games. I don't know how Kansas City and Cincinnati is gonna going to turn out for some reason. I think it's going to turn a bit defensive as opposed to what we saw from these two teams in, in Week 16. But don't just automatically be like, all right, I'm loading up on these guys because they're playing against bad teams. You may want to play guys in those good matchups because they're going to be there for the whole game. And this is exactly why we tell people this week should be championship week. Uh, you, your next week should not be championship week. You shouldn't be playing yeah. fantasy next week because like, like Dak Prescott probably won't play week 18 because there's no reason to. Mm-hmm. And and he needs that week off in order uh, to get ready for the playoffs. So this is, yeah, this is exactly what you're saying. It's uh, it, it will come down to how important some of these matchups are. I hate week 18. Yeah. I, I mean, week 17 is what it usually was known when there is no fantasy that week, it's like walking outside in your underwear. You're just like, this is this is so weird to not – you're watching games, and as you're watching them, you're doing the fantasy math in your head 
for no reason yeah. at all. <laughs> you know, you're you're watching guys play, and that's like I just I can't fathom having a fantasy matchup in the or a, having a title game in the last week. But you're still in fantasy mode. Like I I hate week 18 as much as I hate the final preseason game because we know it's it's finally the end. Like I love the first week of the preseason. I love the Hall of Fame game because it's the first one, but it's the last ones. Week 18. I mean, honestly, when it comes to fantasy, if your team isn't in contention, even the Sunday night like division playoff game, I don't even really care about because because <laughs> the, there's no fantasy implications there. It's the worst. You know what I mean though? Like yeah. like your mind is so trained for 17 weeks to be in fantasy mode, and you see this score in that game, and you go, "Oh, who's got him? Who's play? Oh, that's a big game, this guy." And then you just realize that it all goes out the window, and it's for naught. <laughs> all right, this podcast has been very fun, Ryan Bershinger. Thank you very much for your time. Of course, I uh, love to love your insight. And if you also noticed, Harmon, uh, aside from giving us the uh, the great information, took time out of his vacation to do this for us, and uh, so we really appreciate. That if you want to reach Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome, find Ryan Bershinger. He's giving you great tidbits as well and some notes and numbers that you need to know for fantasy. Find him on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger. And I just threw a bunch of stuff at you. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. We will be back with you for a new edition of the I Want Your Flex podcast championship week. Not only that, daily fantasy matchups. We will help you out as well. Harmon will have his top five quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. That will drop on Friday morning. It'll be a great way to bring in the new year. And one final reminder, Thursday game's done, so you don't have to worry about it. All the games coming up this weekend will begin on Sunday, and then you'll have a Monday nighter uh, between the Browns and Steelers in Week 17. That's on uh, Monday, January 3rd, but no Thursday game to worry about uh, coming up this week. So that's it for the I Want Your Flex podcast. For Mike Harmon and Ryan Bersinger, I'm Dan Byer. We will talk to you soon.